The following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. episode six of intentional foul josh and dan what's up back for the moment oh man now that we got a name and we got we're a couple of weeks into this thing things are just like somebody said to me today it's just getting rolling like and i know you're not a, a hockey fan but you got hockey and basketball that are set to start right now Football's in full swing, college and pro, and you've got baseball winding down to its postseason. Like, this is a really busy time for professional sports. It is, and it's one of the reasons, you know, we kind of talked about it before we started this. We wanted to make sure we started before the timing. football yes. began, and then, yeah, you kind of run into everything else, ramping up, baseball ending, and, you know, this this time of year and, and you know, the March-April time is... is when baseball's starting and basketball's yep. kind of wrapping up and everything. Like if we're and, doing this in the summer when there's oh, nothing going on. No, that's why everybody, that's why the Kornheisers of the world take vacations and maybe put out one a week instead of every day. I was just going to say, we might have, if this is one a week, we might have to do one a month <laughs> yeah. just to let stuff build up. Hey, we, when are you going to do a podcast? When something happens. Well, we could always come in for a little while and scream, about the, scream about the Brewers, but other than that, in the summer, what, there's not much. I don't know what there would be, but... Very eventful last week, week two of the NFL season. Obviously, Vikings and Packers, The it's nice to see, and it's not nice to see. It's part of the dominating the local and state scene, but also trending nationally because people think officiating is terrible and the league is a joke for doubling down on Clay Matthews' penalty. Um you and I were talking about the Bears, Seahawks. We'll get to that and a couple other teams. And now you're starting to get which way teams are going, and you can tell who's going to be good and who's really not going to be good. Yeah, well, you can definitely tell who's not going to be good. Uh, there's a couple teams in, in the NFL that are just flat out How many points do the Cardinals have? Six. That's it. Yeah, Two weeks. They, and it was a touchdown with like a minute to go in their first game. Yeah, it's it's bad, but... Yeah, uh, you know, some couple of surprises, which kind of happens every year, you know. And, Quote uh, of the year that I've seen already. You can close the book on it from Jordan. I think it's Jordan Matthews when he spent a year in Buffalo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. There's We had a kid while I was in Buffalo. Why? Because there's nothing to do, so we did each other. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> hey, appreciate your hey, honesty. Yeah, well, but whatever works. doesn't guess, reflect well on the Buffalo you uh, stay community. Warm. Or, you got to stay warm up there in the north. A lot of snow. Yeah, that's true. A lot of in, the, inside time. Yeah, a lot of middle of the winter stuff. Don't want to go outside. What do you want to do? What you want to do. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, but Buffalo. I, Steelers are in trouble, I think. I mean, there's, a, there's just a lot of drama surrounding that team. And it's one of those franchises in the NFL you don't. You don't expect because you just figure they'll put it out in the field and they'll be good. And now when they're not good, then the drama starts to, I mean. It's well, they got a lot of talent. It's just right. a matter of can they, can everybody coexist and, yeah. and, and get on the same path? You know, they've they've had a lot of a lot of stuff the last couple of years, really. And this year, it kind of seems everything's, everything's coming to a head. Yeah, 
for sure. Um, just continuing with the who's not good. I mean, did everybody saw the Giants coming? Didn't they? Well, the, 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 to yeah, me, this they, is you, kind you of predictable, you right? Should have. Yes. You know, I, they went out and they signed uh, Solder from New England to yeah. kind of help shore up their line. Uh, you know, they had to do a better job protecting Eli. They draft Barkley number two, so you got to have a little bit of run blocking. They give Beckham the big contract, so you know he stops whining and, and just wants to play football. And you know, you look at their their weapons and and you think, oh, okay. And they they spent a lot of money on their defense the last few years. Yeah, I don't know. A new coach. Yeah, it, it, it's it's the same old Giants. It's the same old Eli face. It's just <laughs> like the Eli face. I mean, I don't I don't know. Barkley's putting up some really nice numbers. I think he had like fourteen catches the other day. Right. You know, but, but you can't. They can't score. I mean, uh, unless you're Marshall Falk or one of these guys that uh, Matt Forte who can run for a hundred and catch for a hundred and fifty. Yeah. You're not really doing anything that's the, that's going to win it for your team when not nobody else is. Well, it's going to be one of those one of those drafts that you look back on in ten years, and you're going to go, "Yeah, Saquon Barkley was really good, but oh, they passed on Sam Darnold." You think they, at this point they passed that's, on that's Josh Rosen? The way I mean, it's going to look well. It could be, it could be any of these guys, but yep. you know, so far it's it's two of them. Darnold looks pretty good, yep. and you know, yeah, I know you got Eli under contract, and he's won you two Super Bowls, but I don't know. These guys can't play forever, despite it, despite what Tom Brady's well, trying to do. You can only alter your diet and work out and fly your personal guy with you with the team on the charter so many times before, uh, you know, Father Time is undefeated. That's right. Doesn't, you know, doesn't lose. No. no. Um, and I and I, we talked to, we touched a little bit on the Seahawks before the Bears played them last week. Um, it, it doesn't. Yeesh. Yeah. It kind of t- it kind of tickles me to see what that Seattle franchise has turned into, and I and I don't I'm not usually saying that, but it just just the way that some of those players acted and some of their fans, it's just I don't know. There's something about it that rubbed me the wrong way. I don't mind when teams do a certain amount of strutting when when you're good. That's part of what being good is to have a little moxie and you know a little swagger. But to me, there was just something wrong with that whole Seattle thing. So with all the defensive players scattering people, holding out, retiring, you know, losing guys to injury and just kind of being a shell of itself and trying to watch Russell Wilson do everything. I don't know. And I don't really think Pete Carroll's that swell of a guy for bailing out on USC right before the NCAA came in and slapped a bunch of stuff on him. So I, to me, that's I'll just say it's rather satisfying. Yeah, I figured you'd like I mean, I never, you know, being a Bear fan, I never really had much against the Seahawks. There, there was There's no a, rivalry there. A little more the history pa- Packers, with the Packers. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh-huh. You know, and the the one thing I, I really, that, that always bugged me about them, and sorry about this, Joe, that you got to listen to this, buddy, but <laughs> it, it was a lot of front running to me. You know, a lot of yeah. woofing when things were going good, and then a lot of feet stomping and crying. I and mean, excuses. You know, the, the one that stands out to me is after Wilson throws the interception in the Super Bowl against the Patriots yep. and I, you know, the ball's on like the one or the two yard line or whatever. And, and uh, you know, the Patriots are just going to run the clock out and just take a knee and the, the Seahawks basically start a fight in the end zone. And it's just kind of like, eh, you lost man, you know, have a little, have don't, a little class. Don't need to have sour grapes to go um, with that. I didn't love that, but you know, um, I, I did love, I did love the fail Mary. 
There's no, there's no denying it. A lot it. of people do. That's one of, fine. One of my favorite plays yeah, ever. Of course, I'm sure it is. But, uh, but no, they, they, uh, they struggled against the Bears. The Bears probably should have won that game by more two to three touchdowns. And we'll we'll get into that a little well, bit here. I mean, later what, on, since but, we're talking about it, Seahawks and go to the Bears. Let's. I mean, yeah, might defense well. also all looked awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you mentioned though to me right away when you were watching that you've you've got the you know the Waffle House chart of scripted plays that looks like a menu. Yep. And then seemingly Nagy runs out of stuff, and then what happens? Do you go conservative? Do you just see what you can get creatively or what happens? Because it seems well, like that's two weeks in a row now that things kind of dialed down a couple of notches. I, I'm going to give Nagy a pass okay. be, because watching the plays that were called after the initial first driver for mm-hmm. the second week in a row, they scored a touchdown. <laughs> they missed a lot of plays. I mean, Trubisky missed some receivers. Stuff that was some, there. Some that overthrows. That, just didn't execute. Yeah, you got it, plays that have to be made, right. and, and that's where that's you fair. know the Bears uh, probably should have won this game. They won 24-17. to They probably should have won it 34-17. to um, You know, they left some, some stuff out there. <sighs> Trubisky... He's he's gonna be the bane of my existence for the next decade. I just have this feeling, <laughs> okay. and, and not not in a Cutler way where I, where he's oh, just like dry. Where his maddening. No, where like just the whole package is bad. With Trubisky, like you see, there's a lot of talent there, and he and he's a good kid. He works hard. Um, Seems to say the right things. I mean, he yeah. has the right attitude. The one thing that I'm noticing that is concerning is that he's still and he's young maybe he'll grow out of this but a lot of quarterbacks don't he still has that inclination when he gets into a little bit of trouble to put his head down and run he's not going through progressions and when when you watch when you see the replays on the game you know he's missing guys he's missing his second third fourth reads in these plays and he's running and yeah he might pick up seven or eight yards but he's missing on these 20 25 yard plays and you know if he can make those it changes everything defensively obviously because now they have to play him for both right now i think these teams are playing him a little more as okay when he gets out of the pocket he's going to run but if you watch a lot of other quarterbacks and the only one that comes to mind uh, the one that i see on a weekly basis is extending plays behind the line of scrimmage is rodgers and that's when you hear he's at his most dangerous for sure and now when you get a young guy like trubisky that that's not a part of his game yet maybe he's afraid he's going to make mistakes when he gets out there it's possible and you know rodgers excels at that it's it's more schoolyard football it's unscripted you know uh, russell wilson's has been good at that mm-hmm. You know, Roethlisberger's good at it in a different way. He's not scrambling. He's just shedding guys off because he's so big. Same mm-hmm. with Cam. Um, so, you know, hopefully he'll figure that out. Um, I think watching this Bears team, that that defense is going to be good for two to three years. That's going to be a top-tier defense. So, you know, hopefully this year you can get back into the 500 mix record-wise. I think, I think that seems reasonable. And then next year and the following year are the two years when Trubisky's still not making a lot of money. You got to put up 10, 11 wins. You got to put yourself in position to win the division. You win the division, you got a chance. And, you know, that's kind of going forward what I think most Bear fans are kind of looking for. Um, but the one thing that I keep going back to mm-hmm. is, is Trubisky. And, you know, you look around the league at this draft class. That he was in last year, and 
you know, Mahomes, what, 10 touchdowns in two games? Yep. Uh, Watson um, hasn't been great this year coming back off the knee injury, well, but last year was I think this year probably, exciting. at least for the first half, you kind of got to give him a pass to get back into it rather than judge it harshly right out of the yeah. gate. And, and, you know, the only guy you're looking at in the first two rounds that you're definitely ahead of is, is the is backup quarterback the, for the Packers. Right. Darren or whatever his name is. Kaiser. I, Kaiser. So, so, I love that. That's uh, good. Yeah. That's, that's a, uh, I, I ripped that off from cousin Sal of uh, the BS, the BS podcast right. and Jimmy Kimmel fame. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's going to well, be one of those things. Bear fans are going to look back and be like, Oh man, we not only did we not take those guys, we gave up a pick. And I was didn't just take gonna them, say, you know? where where are you putting him in those first three that you mentioned? Then? Third, he's third. Trubisky's third for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Mahomes has been the most impressive. Right. Watson had them on started. track. He had yeah. him on track to make the playoffs last year yep. until he got hurt. So, um, <laughs> these guys are awful young. It remains to be seen what happens, but it's it's a little worrisome. A little worrisome. <laughs> well. But, Wor- worrisome is is the left knee of the Packers quarterback, at least yeah. in my in my land, with that uh, big honking clunky knee brace. Which I was, I mean, I I don't know what other Packer fans do. I'm very vocal when I watch a game, even if I'm by myself. Sure. So when he starts to to run or get out of the pocket, and I'm just screaming at my television because I'm afraid that he's going to get snapped like a twig. Especially when now he's he's gimpy to begin with, but I don't know, dude. Dude showed a little toughness, and I tell you what, they can design that offense between McCarthy and Philbin to make him be successful while still being in the pocket and only having about two and a half seconds to throw the football. And that's that has been unbelievably impressive. The line and the tight ends. And the running backs have done phenomenal in blitz pickup when the Vikings sent an extra man. Rodgers was nine for nine. That, yeah, that's one of the things I don't quite get. Um, they talked about it a little bit in the the Patriot Jaguar game mm-hmm. when uh, they were talking. They started talking about Tom Coughlin and his success versus the Patriots, and they were talking about his philosophy has always been against a team like that and a quarterback like that, you have to get pressure with your four down linemen. You cannot blitz. And you see these teams week after week, the bears did it a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit the first week. I don't understand why they're blitzing Rogers because if the blitz is picked up, it's a mismatch. If it's not picked up and he's scrambling, then he's given then he's at an advantage yep. too. So I don't know. I mean, I, so, I guess, so what do you do? I'd ra- I guess I'd rather have him pick me apart man to man. I just, you know, because it seems like when those blitzes happen is when the Packers get their big plays. Well, for sure. You know, because, because they, there's a man down. Because they, they've expected it. They pick it up. Yeah. Somebody reads it, and he knows right where he's going with the football. Exactly. And usually it's going to be in a position where who's ever in that one-on-one battle is going to win and possibly break it big. Well, and the receivers trust him. He he trusts that the receiver is going to go get it, and they trust him in the fact that they're gonna he's going to put the ball where only they can get it. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it's not like Kirk Cousins and how he, how the hell he got it between oh man, those that was first two amazing play, wasn't it? To Thielen, unbelievable, that was unreal. It bounced off of uh, Thielen wasn't Alexander's even arm, and it. yes, I don't know how that happened. 
I think that's the thing with the Viking quarterbacks. Just underthrow your receivers and let the defense do something and then catch it and score a touchdown. I mean, it, that's what they did with Diggs last year in the playoffs. Really, when they converged on Thielen, it almost felt like they were just going to hit each other in the head and then fall apart, and then the receiver is going to be right there to catch the ball. Yeah. That's what it looked like to me. It yeah. looked like a schoolyard. Oh, we're both going to go get him. Hey, I got it. No, I got it. Boom, you hit each other, and then you both X each other out of the play. That that's what it looked, and then there's Thielen left standing for a touch, or you know, yeah. on it on his butt for a touchdown. That was a I, hell of a play. It was no question. It was good, no question. But uh, came after an interesting call. But you know, I'm sure you, I'm sure you got things to say about that. Well, we I, we heard you your we heard your tie rant last week, oh, so you, you might want to give your officials rant this week, huh? Well, you and I had a good conversation as we normally do on Sunday about. And you reminded until you told me that you didn't want to talk to me anymore. <laughs> yeah, you and I are done for today. And then you kept texting me. <laughs> I wear but, you down. No, you. That's I, you did remind me of what I said last week after the Bear game was one play doesn't make the game in reference to the Fuller drop, and that play against Matthews obviously was big in what happened in the outcome, but there's so much more that should have decided the outcome of that game. You can't let it get down to that play. Was it egregiously called by the officiating crew? I haven't seen anybody come out in support of it except for the league. <laughs> right, right. It's players, it's coaches. I mean, even the even the, the coach of the Redskins was on, uh, is it Jay Gruden, right? He was on... Uh, it, it, I mean, is it Jay Gruden? I don't even yeah, know. On the I don't know who the yeah, on the Okay, he was on with the Lambo with, with the with the uh, Packers media on a conference call, and even he said it was awful. I mean, he watched it. You have former officials going out on Twitter, heads of officiating crews coming out and saying, "I'm glad I'm not an official anymore, so that I don't have to live with what's being done to this." I mean, there's been nobody that's come out in support of that. Now, to me, if you're the league. That ought to tell you something. I mean, but instead, what happens in, in this day and age when you call somebody out on something, even though you might be right, what do they do? They dig their heels that's in. That's right, yep. And they just stand more staunchly behind their original position than ever. For sure. And that's what I feel like the NFL is doing. When everybody has broken this down perfectly about how textbook it was, how he kind of laid him down, put his arm on the ground, rolled off, you couldn't do it any better. But at the same time, McCarthy hit it on the head. You can't let that define the game. You got to go out and you got to get a you got to get a stop. Yeah. You got to get back to it, man. Yep. You can't afford to let that hang hang in your head and uh, McCarthy in my mind when I was reading on Twitter and I I hate to be the guy of you're not playing to win, you're playing not to lose, but that's what the first series inside the red zone late in the game looked like when McCarthy ran the ball, decided to run the ball a couple of times and then kick a field goal. When in my mind, you should be going for the kill shot. Then on the second time around, then he goes for the kill shot and the drive stalls. So make up your mind and have a little consistency, I guess, in my mind. And to me, the the, the coaches back during the Alvarez era, McCarthy, the same thing. It's never been gas pedal, gas pedal, gas pedal, gas pedal. You want to score as many points as possible and not worry about what is the least amount of success we need to have in order to win the game. 
And to me, that's what... Not with a quarterback like Rodgers. Right. You don't. And to me, that's what it seems like. And I I will admit to not knowing even a fraction of the stuff that, that these coaches know and how they're designing their game plans. But the optics are that that's what they're doing. What can we get away with so that we can still win? And it doesn't matter by how much, just so we win. And more often than not, that seems to come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah, and that's what it—that's what it did. Yeah, and that—and that—that really bothers me. So the the Clay Matthews thing, everybody agrees that they got wrong, and it's going to continue to be an issue for the foreseeable future. Um, but I, to me, you can't let that get in your way. Well, uh, just three quick things on the on the Matthews penalty. Sure. One, one, I agree, it was a bad call. Um, it, it, it but but it's kind of. You know the the same call was made earlier in the game on Rodgers, and, and everybody Rogers, jumped to, and everybody jumped in that I read on Twitter that said I'm a Packers fan, I'm a Rodgers fan, whatever. That's not a penalty. That I, I'm not saying that it is. I'm just saying that they called it. Yeah. So at least you can say that they were consistently Consistent. You're bad. Right. You're right. Um. You know, number two. I, you know, by the letter of the law. Or the letter of the rule, they they said you cannot lift the player off the ground and then drive them into the ground. Mm-hmm. And everybody said, well, he was. If you watch the replay, he it was almost like a jump pass. He was already he was already off the ground when Matthews. So gravity hit him. would tell you that he is going back down. But what I what I wish the league would come out and say was because this is what I think. I think the referee. Saw he was off the ground, saw the tackle, and threw the flag. I don't think the referee probably saw the jump before, and then the pass. Because you know how fast that happens. If yeah. you see, if you see a guy, if you see a quarterback with his feet off the ground getting tackled like that, and you didn't see it from complete start to complete finish, logic I, would dictate I, I, I the defender s- picked up the yes the, the player. I could see that being the mistake, but yeah. you know, then say that. Right, you know, say hey, you know, replays will show. We missed it, and and I've seen it a, thousands of times just because everybody has played it. The camera that they, the the angle that they're using on one of them is from the sideline, and looking at Matthews coming in from the left, tackling Cousins, and right in back of him is the referee with his hands on his knees or something like that, staring right at what's happening. So it's hard for me to believe that the I'm referee just saying maybe. missed it. I'm saying maybe. Oh, no, I'm saying maybe. And that's fair. But the, and then right, third the, one? the third thing, and you're not going to like it, but there's no fan base that can milk a bad call like the Packer fan base. I'll just leave it at that. You don't have to there's, leave it at that. There's people that are still talking about that fail, Mary, and that was six years ago. I told you. What what was the what was the text that I sent you? I don't I, remember. You sent me a lot. <laughs> I There are a lot of times when I hate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Packers fan base. Yeah. It's. I mean, a lot of the times it's just atrocious. I mean, I'm all for homerism. That's that's fine. You got to stick up for your for team. Sure. But at the same time, you have to be a little bit reasonable Definitely. about what what you're watching. Definitely. And I I think more than plenty of times that but, just, but, that, that just doesn't happen. But it was it was a bad call. But you know what? Like you said, they had opportunities to still win the game. If you know, if the Viking kicker could make a kick, they win. If Crosby could make a kick, they win. I mean. You had opportunities lot, both sides. A lot goes on during the if game. If you knock that ball down that, that he gets through to Thielen, you, yep. you probably win the game. So, you know, it is what it is. Vikings offense was good. I mean, But it's kind of a crazy thing to think about. Oh, for sure. The, 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 the what-ifs. So the Bears are one play away from being 2-0. and yep. 
going into week three to play Arizona, who's scored six points this year. <laughs> so think, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, so oh, if you're a, if you're a young team like Chicago, you could have been looking at a three and all start, which would be huge. Yes. If you're the Packers, you you, you are a Kyle Fuller interception, interception. and if one that guy makes field goals. I think he, he missed three. Yeah, one two in overtime, yeah, but he two missed in three. Yeah. And you're, so you're a dropped interception and a missed field goal away from being zero and two, going on the road, the road. to face yes. Washington. Yep. And that leads me into my next thing. Okay. I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask the hypothetical question. Okay. Should Rodgers play on Sunday? Of course he's going to. Should he? Should he play on Sunday? I guess my answer to that would also be another question. Why shouldn't he? Well, he didn't look great on Sunday. He obviously can't move. And he got hit. He might not have got sacked a lot. He got hit a lot, and yeah. he got hit a lot in the Bear game. Yep, said he was very sore, took yeah. some shots in some other areas. He didn't specifically mention his knee other than the fact that it's going to be sore, but he said he was sore in a lot of other areas. I look at it from this perspective. You, you're, like I said, you could easily be 0-2. You mm-hmm. could easily be 2-0. and Right now you're 1-0-1. You're still undefeated and undefeated in the division. You're going on the road against a non-divisional opponent with a banged-up quarterback against a pretty solid defense. Not a great defense, not a terrible one. If you had a capable backup quarterback, <laughs> this would this would really be the perfect game to sit him and give him an extra week to let that knee knee heal up. You know, unless something in there and and Simmons floated this conspiracy on his podcast. You know. Maybe something is torn, and they're just not telling us. And his comment of "it can't, I can't make it worse" meant it's already torn, and I'm just going to play through it. That's kind of where I and was it's going. Not, that's not completely unpressed. I remember Phil Rivers did it several years ago in the playoffs. He played on a torn ACL. Rogers commented today that he wasn't sure, but the worry is that it's going to get worse if he keeps playing on it during the season. And that. Not yeah. not letting it sit and heal or have a procedure, or whatever. He's just worried. He's not confident that it will. He's not confident that it won't. And but, that's and that's where I'm like, it, let's just say they don't play him. You play Kaiser. You go in. You lose. Yep. You're one one and one, mm-hmm. and you're still one zero oh, and one in the division. That's not terrible. That's not a terrible place to be after three weeks, and you've allowed your quarterback, you know, fourteen days to rest. Well, to me. It I don't know. Be, it would be a lot easier if if we knew, and I mean the media, For general sure. public, whatever. How what, serious it was? Yes. yes of course. Of because course. if you can determine that that week of rest would be light, you do light years of good for his recovery, you probably have an argument. If they said he had a torn MCL, then I would say don't rest him. It doesn't matter. It's already torn. Right. But if as long they, as you can but keep if, going, if, go. If it's like you know, if it's a a partial tear or it's a, a severe strain yep. or strain or whatever, and it needs rest to recuperate, then I don't know, man. It's a long season. See, but I don't. And I I don't know about recovery times. And again, we don't know the nature of the injury. It would seem to me that if you're putting in an hour of work the day before a game where you're on it. And then you play a football game, which is very hard on your oh, body. Man. 
and you have five days of rest in between, I don't know. Does conventional wisdom say that something positive's got to happen in those five days? Sure. Between that? Sure. But that three-hour football game? Does it regress? Does it bring it back? (laughs) That's the thing. To the level of where we we just see where it goes week to week? I I mean, obviously, I don't know if you have. I've never been on the field, on the sideline during a professional football game. No. But the people that I've heard talk about that say, I heard Dan Patrick, he said it many times. He said, if you ever stood on the sideline during an NFL game, he said, you would never, ever let your child play football. It is so violent and they are moving so fast and they are so big that the it, it, it's just kind of, you can't even really do it justice. It seems terrifying it the, way, does. the way you describe it. It does. So to be out there with a bum knee, I don't know. And I, have I people mean, chasing look, after and, me and wanting and, to. And, and like I said, he's going to play. Let's not, I would, barring anything yeah. weird happening in the next couple of days, he's going to play and he's going to keep playing on it. And it'll either get worse or it won't. And it will either affect him down the road or it won't. We don't know. But it's 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 risky. You just paid this dude a lot of money. Yeah. And he is your franchise. Oh, for sure. And you know he goes down. Season's over, just like last year. Yeah. Doesn't matter how good you think Brett Hundley no. or Deshaun Kaiser are. No, doesn't matter. No. And no. you saw with that defense. I mean, they they, oh, they had their yeah. moments of the looking looking not bad, but oh. you know, you give up twenty two points in the fourth quarter at home. You you got some issues. <laughs> you got yeah. some issues for sure. Right? Okay. So we talked about who looked bad. Um, who now looks good? I mean, the AFC rematch. Of the championship game going to the Jaguars, albeit at home. I mean, that's hey, that's pretty awesome. I mean that that that's that's a little you know finding a chink of the armor for 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 New England a little bit. You know somehow the Patriots don't seem invincible now. Well, that that was. Yeah, I mean, it's different when you get to the playoffs. I realized it that. was one of those games where Jacksonville cared way more than the Patriots did. Still, your boy Blake Bortles. Yeah, he he played a good game. You got you got to tip your hat. He's doing some stuff. But doesn't this happen? This happens every year with New England, where sometime in the first month of the season they get stomped, and everybody goes up, up, here, but, up. Here we go. But now the book's here coming out where Tom Brady wanted to wanted to quit, where he wanted to get a divorce yeah. from Bill Belichick. So you could argue that maybe there's a little Steelers thing going on could here. Be. Could be. You I, don't know. I don't know. Is it, you know you don't want to say you don't want to count them out until they're actually out. But you can maybe look for some signs where maybe this is the gradual start of something on a descent. I don't know that we can fully judge them until they get Edelman back after week okay. four. That's fair. Um, and we'll see what happens if they can integrate Josh Gordon at all. I, he, I, he was, I, he was I practicing would, today. You know, I don't know yeah. how, you know. Obviously, they don't know how that's going to go. Well, they, you, you, um, you can't count on him for for a week to week from a week to week basis. But you can tell you can tell that offense is struggling. <clears throat> Excuse me, no no Edelman, and they lose Amendola, and they don't have any kind of a vertical threat. Mm-hmm. Teams are just all over Gronk. Oh, and and they're basically sure. telling Brady beat us throw with it, everybody else. Throw it to Hogan and James White. Yeah. We think we can beat you. I think that's not a bad way to approach that. So, well, you know, it's early. We'll see what happens. Chiefs look pretty much like the cream of the crop right now, at least at least with that quarterback. Well, their defense is horrendous. Well, if you're going to if you're going to people, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean you can do that for a while, but that's another team. How many years do they start out 4 and 0? Yeah. 
I mean, that's kind of Andy Reid. Even with even in Philadelphia, his team's always kind of started out of the box hot. And, you know, Mahomes now, team's got a couple of games on tape of him. So we'll we'll see going forward if, right. how, the adjustments that are made. After and, a couple of weeks when the book is out, yep. then you see what teams do to adjust. And we'll see whether that happens. Um, obviously, L.A., the Rams. Yeah, they're good. They're just good. I think they're probably the best team in think, football right think, now. I think they hit a home run with their quarterback. Yep. Yep. On, on golf. And that um, defense is just loaded. Would you play Jameis Winston or Ryan Fitzpatrick in Tampa? Oh, I'd play Fitzpatrick. For sure. <clears throat> Jameis Winston doesn't deserve to be the That's starter of that team. That's where I'm at with that, For, forget too. The, forget how well Fitz, Fitzpatrick has, has played. Right. I mean, Jameis Winston, you know, when you're the number one pick in the entire draft from a team like that, I mean, you, you're they're putting everything on your shoulders, especially as a quarterback, and you can't be, you know, you can't be doing stupid things. You know, he just the stupid thing last year where he was eating the W before <laughs> the game, and right. and then obviously his, you know, the, 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 the guy's thing. got a bad history with yeah. women. It, he just does, and it's something that Tampa's going to have to make a decision. I don't think he's got his big contract yet. I think that's coming up here, and. I'm not giving him money. It's not like why. I am, why? What not, has he done to his? No. Even his. Forget all that stuff. You, you, his you, play you, has you, been mediocre. You can't invest that much money. No. for a guy that you can't count on. And in, in my opinion, and I'm not saying that your quarterback of the future has now been playing the last couple of weeks. It's not because Fitzpatrick has He's proven been on ten teams exactly. There, there's a reason for that. Sure, but you you ride the hot hand as long as it's hot, and. Like you said, if if the guy comes in and doesn't really deserve to be, you know, have the face of your franchise back, and the guy's already taking you to two and zero, which is I think the first time since they've been two and zero since twenty ten or something. Um, I to me, you lose some of your locker room. Oh, no question. I mean, Deshaun Jackson's already come out right. and said that they should start well, Fitzpatrick, when, Fitzpatrick when Winston comes. Looks back. good in his shirt. That's, well, that's and he throws works. him the ball. He can well, get him true, the ball. You right? know, I mean, long that's, ball guy. That's that's the issue with with Jameis Winston. I mean. Well, one of the issues, the off-field stuff is its own own animal, but the on-field stuff, he just doesn't make enough plays. You talked about the Packers being a possibility of 0-2 and the Bears possibly being 2-0. and You know, you hate to say it. Well, I don't hate to say it, but it's amazing that you have to say it. The Browns could be there, too. They should be. If their field goal kicker makes some field goals these first two weeks, they're 2-0 and against... Two pretty good teams. Two, two. No. My my they're my two Super Bowl picks. Steelers, Steelers and Saints. Yep. You know, I mean, Saints. I don't know what's that going would on be there. pretty impressive. Cleveland's got talent. They got the same. Well, they sh- after a while, you and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. You would think that the odds would be in your favor from stockpiling and acquiring so much so much talent that you think is going to be good on the field. Sooner or later, you're going to be good. They have the same problem the Bears have. They have the same problem that I see all the time in the NBA with young teams. They don't know how to finish the game. You know, because they've it, never it, been in it, that it, position. Exactly. They have to learn, and a lot of these guys are are learning how to win. Hey, we're up in the fourth quarter. Now, what do we do? Exactly. It's not that Tr- Trubisky struggled with it against Green Bay. He struggled with it a little bit against uh, Seattle last week until they they had a nice drive at the end there, but. You know that's that you, you can talk about it all you want, but until you're through that fire, and you've looked at you know, and, and you got to develop some chemistry with your teammates. You got to be able to look at the guys in the huddle and and know that 
I can count on you to, if I throw it to you, you're going to make a play. Mm-hmm. If I hand it to you, you're not going to fumble. If they blitz, you're going to pick it up. You know, and, and a team like, uh, like Cleveland, who's not very well coached, these guys are kind of learning by the seat of their pants. And uh, I hope they, you know, I'd love to see them win some games I, this year. I, I, I mean, I really would. I, I'm not a guy that likes to stomp on a franchise when it's down. I mean, well, yeah, there are some that I do, but not well, Cleveland. I no, but I mean, you know, I mean, they've Cleveland been bad for done? so right, long. Exactly. I wouldn't mind them. I mean, my memories of the Browns are, you know, Bernie Kosar versus Elway in the AFC title game and <laughs> yes. the drive and the fumble. And those were great teams back in the 80s. And, you know, they haven't really had any success since then. And, and Not to mention know, they got robbed of a franchise I, and I had know, to rebuild the whole thing. I know they had LeBron, well, and that's all fine and dandy. But you The know, Indians are, are good. Football in Cleveland is right. is kind of like uh, football in, in Wisconsin. It's It's a big deal. So you mentioned the Packers in Washington this week. Um, I haven't seen a line on that. Bears and the Cardinals in Glendale. I think um, Bears are like a six-point favorite in that they? one, okay. something like that. So then what else do you got? Uh, well, Saints-Falcons is an e- interesting one. Um, both one-and-one, one, yep. divisional game. Um, it's an early big game for both. It is. And the Saints Considering have, how they've looked. Saints have not played well. No. You know, Atlanta no. played a little bit better last week, but they looked bad in week one, so... You know, if uh, if the Falcons can win this game, they'll have already notched victories over the Saints and the Panthers in the division, and that would be huge for them. Um, so that's a key one. Uh, we got the Battle of L.A., Chargers-Rams. I see. I still hear a lot of people slip up, whether it's on radio or on television, they're still calling them San Diego. Yeah. That, that L.A. thing has not caught on yet. It's going to take a long time. Yeah. But, have two uh, teams. Oh, I thought the Rams. Well, they both are. Ton of talent on that field. I mean, the Chargers are oh, loaded yeah. with talent. Um, and uh, the Melvin, Rams. Melvin Gordon did some stuff. Yes, last he week. did. And you know, the Rams are probably the most talented team in the league. So that should be a fun one right. to watch. And then uh, the last one that caught my eye: Cincinnati at Carolina. Um, Bengals two and zero have looked pretty good in in both wins. And uh, you know, big game Carolina at home. They don't want to go uh, one and two to start here. You know, want to try to keep pace and yeah, and uh, that's that's one of those teams that they just kind of always feel like they're kind of teetering on the edge of collapse. Yes, you know, I, I mean, I would be- agree. between Cam and his his whole deal, and you know, their defense with you know Davis suspended and and Keekly, you know, you know, some of these guys you say week to week, he's almost play to play with his concussion mm-hmm. and history and and other injuries, so. Um, big game for uh, for the Panthers. All right. Starts with Thursday night. Um, I'm going to go to the Brewers. Yeah. I mean, that's, man, can't lose to the Reds and the Pirates. Yeah, rough, rough, rough weekend. weekend. Rough weekend. Um, I mean, the Cardinals lost Wednesday, and as we're recording this, it's Wednesday night. So um, if Milwaukee wins the series against Cincinnati, they'll put that wild card lead back up to three over the Cardinals because they lost in Atlanta mm-hmm. uh, earlier on Wednesday, which would be nice because right now I think that's that's what you're shooting for. And like you and I have mentioned a couple of times, you're shooting for the the opportunity to host that game. Yeah, well, no question. No so, question. I mean, I mean, if that's what you're going to be relegated to, the Diamondbacks aren't doing any favors. It, 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 the Brewers need help in a lot of different places, and they're not getting anything. And they're not helping themselves when they can't beat teams like Pittsburgh and, right. and Cincinnati. 
Yeah, and for whatever reason, they've really struggled against the Pirates, and and the Pirates do have some pretty good pitching. Pitching, but, that's fine. You know, uh, the, the Brewers have have gone matchup heavy against that team. Right, but all you got to do is score four runs. I know, and with that lineup, you would think so. You'd be able to do it the, with with a mashup of whoever you got to put in. Yeah, the pitching has been pretty solid. Yeah, uh, it just uh, the bats have have not well, been going. And Anderson get what three and two thirds. Matched his lowest. Yeah, you got to give, give me more than that. But man. the relievers then went the went the distance yep. and shut him out. Yep. Starters got to give you something. Yeah. You, you. The the Chase Anderson conundrum is just I, I'm not quite sure if there's something going on with him this year or if last year was a fluke. Um, you know he's <laughs> I was telling I was talking to my dad about it today. He's kind of turned into Marco Estrada. You know, Mar- Marco couldn't keep the ball in the park. He was very good on the road. But home runs were the couldn't thing. Couldn't keep the ball in the yep. park at home, you know, and ended up going to Toronto and, and played in the Sky Dome, which is a little bit bigger park and a controlled atmosphere and had a lot of success. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what I don't know what the deal is with, with Chase. Um, you know, three and two, you can't even get me to the fourth inning. Right. You know, and and that's you know he the night before. I mean, they had to save a bunch of people because Woodruff went the last three. Well, and the night before, he took Miley out after five, and yep. that that was fine. That was for a pinch hitter, and that ended up you know that was a little more. Hater struck out the side, and yeah. then Woodruff went the rest of the way. That's fine, but you know these these games like this in, in a pennant race. I mean, you gotta get you gotta you gotta help your bullpen out a little bit if you're the starting staff and. Unfortunately for Anderson, he's he's had some nice games, but he's just been very, very inconsistent. Well, Yelich year. is doing his part, at least offensively, mm-hmm. to to help things. I mean, that that guy, I, you and I were texting the other day that Kane and Yelich, they're going to be around for at least the next three, four, five years. Um, and then hopefully you have at least enough money to re-sign one of them and not give them a max deal um, that's just absolutely crazy that you can't get out of, but... Um, I mean, right now, Yelich is, with his second half, he's put himself firm, firmly in conversation, at least, for the MVP race. I mean, I, to me, your your leader right now is Baez, yeah. who is an, uh, and an, obs, an absolute tear, and for how much he can do in the field. Yeah, well, side by side, I saw their stats today on Twitter, and, and basically, with the exception of RBIs, um, Yelich has, has better him. numbers across yes. the board, yep. um, but you know Cubs are going to win the division. He, that, you know, that matters. They, they had injuries to Rizzo. They had a lot of injuries to Bryant. You know, Baez has kind of been their stable force throughout the year. Um, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't scream about it if if uh, Baez won it. Uh, I think Yelich has surpassed Carpenter. Um, I think story. That, Story Goldschmidt, you mm-hmm. know those guys. The Brewers are are going to finish above them in the standings. I and I just think Yelich has been a a more valuable player to his particular team. But you know, uh, it's funny. It, it's it's kind of it's a similar kind of year that Yount had in '82, where it's like you knew he was good, and then they kind of have this this career year. And I think, you know, I, I, I have no fear that Yelich is going to continue to be an all-star caliber player for the Brewers for right. the next few years. But this might be statistically the best year you ever get out of a guy oh. like this. I mean, he's going to hit close to 320, 30 bombs, 100 RBIs, 20 steals. That's a lot to do year That's in, year out. really impressive. Yeah. I mean, but you for, know what? forget if, all the other 
weird stats they come out right, with. A couple cycles. You, you hit 300, you hit 30 homers, you have 100 RBIs, and you steal 20 bases. That's a hell of a year. Yes. You're, you're a damn good player. If you come close to that but don't reach it for the next few years, I'm still not complaining. Not at all. Not at all. You know, if you're right around the 295 mark, you know, you're right around that 100 yeah. level, and, and you're still hitting... He's going to have a year where he hits fine. 270 and yeah. he has that's 19 a, homers right. and drives I'm, in 76. Okay that's that happens, but you know, Brewer fans should should enjoy watching this guy for the next couple of years. He's going to be the face of the team. Um, it's uh, it's it's a fun time to watch, and you know, seeing a guy hit for two cycles in a season, you know, pretty, when, pretty cool. Is this Cardinal series next week? Do they got Pittsburgh? They got on, Pittsburgh on coming the road. up this then it's weekend. St. Louis, and then and then, Louis. and then home against yes. Detroit. Yep. Right now, that Cardinal series is squarely in the sights as being probably down the stretch the three most important games of the season so far. I mean, as far as making the postseason. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you give that up and you enter there with the lead, I mean, well, tonight is a huge game, and let me just see if I can call up a score. See something here, real quick. All right. It's seven forty-five here Wednesday night. Four, yep. four nothing Brewers in the fourth. So Aguilar race to the bag you know, and there you go. There you go. <laughs> you win tonight and you're a full three games up with I think nine to nine go. Nine to go. Yes. Um, you got to get at least one. You can't. You can't be tied with the Cardinals going into that series. You got to get one in Pittsburgh this weekend, um, at least. Mm-hmm. You, you, but in ideally, you could get two and. And go in there feeling pretty good about yourself, and hope that you can come home and, and handle the Tigers at the end of the season. But I disagree because the Twins are doing that right now. But you know, and and the the other divisions are going to be playing each other too. The Rockies and the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks all got to play, so they're going to pound on each other a little bit too. So nice. you never know how this is going to shake out this last week and a half of the season. But um, the Brewers have have put themselves in a in a good position to make the playoffs. They just got to you know they just got to take care of their own business. Switching gears to the abomination that was at Camp Randall this past Saturday. I was at a golf outing, so I probably saw about six minutes of it. You're but fine with that. What what I saw was like a halfback pass and, and a reverse and all this stuff that it looked like the Badgers just had no clue what was going on. It seemed like to me and what I could watch, and we didn't we were down in Chicago for an event for the kids. And I watched some of it when I got back to the hotel room when we checked in and I saw some of the second half. It seemed like Wisconsin was getting outworked. And that doesn't happen that often because their their offense, you know, you hear all about the, coming into this year that the offense is going to be spectacular. Line is going to be great. You got a Heisman caliber running back. You got a quarterback who has taken all the right steps coming off an Orange Bowl victory. That's phenomenal, even though he's been not dominant, but he's been okay the first couple of games. You're just looking for that breakout. You get your one of your best wide receivers back who's been able to practice with the team but not play, and you get a tight end back. This is a team that you expect to score 40 or 50 points a game. At least that's what the ex- expectation is, and it looks like they you know, they're, they don't know what, what to do when BYU comes up and smacks them a couple times. They all look at each other and go like, well, now what? Like, this is some adversity. Let's go. 21-point favorite. What are you doing? Well, this is why I don't like preseason rankings. And I heard your commentary. You talked about 
the Badgers have kind of had a little mantra this year. They had it last year. Last year about tuning out the noise and all that stuff. I'm not. It's great when you're winning. I can promise you that they're out of the 95 kids that are on that team. There are 45 of them that thought during that game, and we're we're ranked six in the country. These guys ain't gonna beat us. We can turn this on. I guarantee. It. They're never going to say that in the media. Of course not. But I guarantee it. I've been in those situations on good teams. You just think, ah, whatever. They can hang around for a while, but when we need to do it, we'll do it. And then sometimes you can't do it. It's too late. The other team gets rolling. I, I, I always go back to the, the Appalachian State-Michigan yep. game from probably about 10 years ago now. You know, that Michigan team was very highly ranked, and I guarantee you they didn't take those guys seriously. Even while they were losing to them, they weren't taking them seriously. Like, we'll be fine. Absolutely. Yep. My 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 whole problem and what you alluded to, what I said today, was the fact that you, you put a microphone in the quarterback's face. We're already over it. What? Yeah. I, You're already over it, and that's a great thing to say to the media if, if it's not true. It's kind of one of those times when... I hear something like that, and I go, yeah, the media probably shouldn't be able to talk to college athletes right after games. Because well, <laughs> they're and just going to probably say something stupid. And I get that it fits with what they've been yes, doing. Yes. And in that context, that's fine. But to me, you should have an entire locker room of people that are pissed off. Yeah. Like, what did we just do at home? You cost yourself a- an opportunity yes, to play in the playoffs is what exactly, you did. Exactly, and you're telling me you're over it? Yeah. No. Even if they went out and win the Big Ten championship they game, didn't it would, lose be, a, it would game be difficult to last make Last year, and they were still being yeah. talked about of being on the outside of that conversation. Right. Now they're going to look at that loss to BYU and say that they deserve to be in there right. if they went out. And you've got other teams. So. You've got other teams in the league that have had some really bad losses so far in the Big the Ten. The Big Ten Saturday yeah. was awful. Yeah, so awful. Your, your league already has got a little bit of a black mark on it going forward. So yeah. I. I I don't know what. I mean, I'm not saying they need to be throwing, tipping trash cans over no. and punching lockers. And but I'm, I'm not either because. Show me the, a little bit of disgust. Exactly. You know? Show me that this stings a little bit and we're going to come out and we're going to work hard. And You ain't going to get that from Paul Crest. I mean, oh, he, he's got Mr. one Grandpa speed. Mr. Grandpa Sweatshirt? He's Absolutely got, not. He's got one speed. That guy's a robot. But from the kids, you would have expected somebody like, to just be say, like, this you know, sucks. This, right. And you got Dakota Dixon. I saw some cuts today where he just like, it's just a football game. People are safe. People are healthy. This is not a big deal. Like, then what are you playing the game for, man? Then why are you charging a thousand dollars a seat for season tickets or whatever? If, if this the, whatever the deal. hell it is. You're basically telling fans to calm down when they are there to support your football team. You're telling them not to care as much. Yeah, that, yeah. that that's a bad that's a bad message to send. Yeah, every PR guy in the world would tell you that Just that's going, bad for oh, the brand. Man, now what do we got to do? Yeah, exactly. How do we got to correct? So I don't know what's going to happen with Iowa. I was surprised when they came out as three point favorites, which to me that says right now they view the programs as pretty much dead, even when they're going to play on Iowa's turf. Um, I, one thing the the only thing that I can say I'm definitely looking forward to in that game is the wave. Yeah, yeah. It's about it. Yep. Otherwise, I don't know what's going to happen. No, I have no idea. That's a night game, right? Yeah, seven thirty. Yeah, that'll be fun. That's that. The, the the Badgers don't get to play a lot of night games since in in direct uh, competition with the Brewers, so people will have some some fun things to flip to on a Saturday night. I may or I will definitely be having beers to watch that. So yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. Saturday night, of course. What am I doing Saturday? Okay. Yeah. Um. 
You want to talk about this? Something just happened. Yeah, just uh, today a quick, briefly. Yeah, with quick uh, NBA note: we got the training camp starting next Tuesday. <laughs> Bucks Media Day will be Monday. Monday. Um, but uh, some big news in the NBA today: Jimmy Butler of the T Wolves, former Marquette star, has trade has me. requested a trade to from one the Timberwolves. Of three teams. He's listed yep. three. He uh, listed three teams: the Clippers, the Nets, and the Knicks. Um, what is that? Two of those teams. It's obvious that he would want to go there because they're a big market and he wants to be a star, the star of the team. Um, maybe he wants to go to the Knicks to play with Porzingis. That's a possibility. Um, but it got me thinking today when I saw this about the Bucks a little bit. Okay, And it, it's, it's an interesting thing when you compare these two teams. They're not in exact same places, but they're close. Um, but both small markets, uh, both have a star. And and a and a and a maybe a second tier star, um, they have Jan, or we have Giannis and Middleton. They have Butler and Carl Anthony Towns. Um, but it's just you know last year when they got Butler at the beginning of the year, everybody was talking about this team with those two guys in Wiggins and Tom Thibodeau yep. being the new coach. That uh, this was a team that was going to contend. They were going to possibly give the Warriors and the Rockets some problems. Um, unfortunately for them, Butler got hurt in the middle of the season, missed about 25 games. They snuck in with the eight seed and and uh, got knocked out in the first round. But you know this was a team that was supposed to contend for two, three, four years, um, going moving into Carl Anthony Towns's and Wiggins's primes to build the teams around them. Um, now it's kind of gone south. Thibodeau is trying to recreate the 2011 Bulls. Bulls. With uh, Derrick Rose and, yeah. and Luol Deng. How's that going to work? And uh, there's been some rumblings that uh, Towns and Wiggins don't have a lot of love for Jimmy Butler, Butler. And doesn't sound like Jimmy's got a lot of love for them either. And, you know, he's requesting a trade. And, right you know, trading camp. and now Minnesota is going into uh, contract extension talks with Towns. And it's a, it's a scary time for a franchise like Minnesota or like Milwaukee, which... They had with Giannis a couple years ago, and they're going to have with him again in three years. When you're a team that can't draw a free agent, to be able to keep that guy is not that easy. Right. And, you know, they traded for Butler. They gave up assets for yes, Butler, and now Butler's telling them that he doesn't want to be there. So they're again going to trade him and get 50 cents on the dollar. And you have to, and, and Wiggins has been somewhat disappointing for them. Carl Anthony Towns has got to be looking around going, there's a lot of other guys I could go play with. And I can still, I may not make all the money that I can make here, but I can make most of it. Right. And if I'm winning titles and we're playing in conference meaningful titles, games. meaningful games, and I'm getting Gatorade spots and things like that, maybe I go play with LeBron. Maybe I go play with James Harden. Maybe I go play with Russell Westbrook. Maybe I go play with Giannis. Um it's just an interesting thing to look at because these windows in the NBA, it's not like in football where you get a guy like Aaron Rodgers and you got a window for 10, 15 years. Right. These windows in the NBA are small. They're three, maybe four-year windows, and the Bucks are in the middle of theirs right now, their first one with Giannis. It might be more down the road, right. but the one with the, the Giannis, Bledsoe, Middleton window um, – they kind of got to, you know, shit or get off the pot this year and, and either step up and, and make a little bit of a run or you're going to have to let some of these guys walk. And um, it ain't going to be honest. It's walking. Not if he, you know, not if they have anything to say right. about it. 
Um, this, so this will be interesting to see what the new, from my perspective, that doesn't, you know, follow a lot of NBA. I'm really interested to see what the new Bucks ownership group does with Giannis when they when it comes contract time. Well, they'll pay him what they'll they'll offer him the max, max for sure. Yep. It, it's just a matter of and Giannis has pretty much said it. You know, if they're if they're doing the right things and they're moving in the right direction, he, there's nowhere else he wants to be. And to me that means you're 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 making the moves to better the team. Around they've hired him. a they've yep. hired a high quality coach. Um, they have a new arena. They have a new arena. They have a lot of investments in the team. Now it boils down to the play on the court. And can this group of guys that they've assembled, can they make the step? The Bucks haven't won a playoff series since 2001. It's a long time. They've been there four or five times, but they haven't won a series. And Giannis hasn't won a series. Giannis is 0-3 in the playoffs now. So he's got to look a little bit in the mirror, too. And, and Middleton and, and some of these guys that have been around now. And... Um, you know, this is I'm not saying they got to win the title, but you know, get to the second round, maybe get to the conference championship, you know, that'll go a long way to to keeping a guy like Giannis in Milwaukee. All right, we uh we're nearing the hour mark. Um we got to get to our top 5 and I couldn't think of anything. I didn't hear from Michael who usually gives us an well, idea. Well, this was a good one. This was I thought so because kind of topical for me cuz I just watched right. the newest one and, 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 and I saw the teaser trailer for Captain Marvel, yep. which, if sorry, spoiler Oof. alert, if you haven't seen Infinity War yet, it alludes to the newest, most powerful Marvel character in at the end of that for the next movie. And so with you seeing Infinity War and the Captain Marvel teaser trailer coming out, I've said top five Marvel movies in the entire Marvel universe. And we're, just, uh, and we're Marvel nerds. Let's just say I'm, fine. I'm dubious you, about the Captain Marvel movie. but that's, you, you were that about Black Panther, though, too. That's a discussion too. for another that's day. The, that, that's fine. So we have our top, and you had a little bit of challenge I with did, this. Man, I, I did, man. I struggled. Too. I struggled with this. I, I, I kind of almost struggled more with rem- differentiating movie from movie. I almost had to kind of go back and read a little summary because I was like, <laughs> in, in Iron Man 2, which Mickey Rourke and Iron yep, Man 2, or was right. he in Iron Man 3? Uh-huh. and. So yeah, okay. it was it was a little bit of a challenge. I'll let you start start at the bottom. We'll we'll, we'll go bottom to top this time since I messed that up last week. Well, <laughs> I struggled. You're still struggled. figuring yeah, it out. I'm still figuring it All out. All right. All right. Well, I'll just I'll, I I hate to do it to the <laughs> the bottom three. I had eight, so I I hate to do it to my bottom three. Okay. But number five, we'll go with the newest one, uh, Infinity War. All right. Um, I thought it was good. I've only seen it once. I I'm gonna see it again. I got it sitting on my counter at home. Um, I liked it. There was a lot going on. That's they jammed so yes, many people into that movie um, that it was a little, you know, hard to to keep up with every plot line that was going on at the same time. See, and I've who heard, was who was matched up with who, and I, how did that how did that fit? Because they matched these people up for reasons. I've heard that from people, and to me, that's the reason why I like it. I like the pace. I like a lot going on. I don't have trouble following that kind of stuff. And that's why I want to see it again. You know, so I, there's okay. there's things I'm sure that I, I didn't pick up on the first time. Right. And, and admittedly, the first time I watched it, I stopped it about an hour in to watch the end of the Brewer game, <laughs> uh, which, of course, the last two innings of a baseball game in September Just... take like seven hours. So um, <laughs> there was a little bit of a gap. So I will go right. through and watch that one again. My number five is a tie between... Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and X-Men First Class. 
Ooh, okay. I really like the backstory of of the early characters and the development and whatever. And I thought the the original Guardians was was pretty cool because it links to the whole Marvel Infinity Stones world because you get a view of that which comes into play later, mm-hmm. especially with Infinity War. So I couldn't decide between those two, so I just listed them both at number five. Four for me, I went Iron Man, the original uh, one. That's where I'm at. Yep, Iron I, Man, it's, the original. It's, it's the first one. It's. Uh, I didn't it, see any of the Hulks. No. Nope. So the Iron Man was my first. It was kind of the first one. I mean, the, the Hulk ones came out, oh, but right. they weren't well received. But that and, was my first. Yeah, me too. You know, and I dip was into the I was very dubious of seeing it because same here. You know, I didn't. I didn't. I have probably. I probably still have a hundred comics of all varieties See, at my house. I never read any comics. I. I wasn't a. You know, I would just get one here and there. I right. didn't. They're not in like numero, numerological order or anything. Mm-hmm. So I knew of all the characters, but I was like, ah, oh, Robert Downey Jr. He's going to be Iron Man. Well, I don't know. But a couple of people was, told I me. I loved it. I and and it was so great. did I. People yeah. said, you know, watch this movie, take a chance on it. It's not. You know, even though it's a comic book thing and it's got a, you know, a stigma about it, they did it really well. And when I watched it, I was like, if this is how all these are going to be, I am in. What scared me the most about that movie was it came out not long after Transformers. And I was really excited for Transformers. It was my my favorite thing as a kid. And I just didn't think the movies were very good. Mm -hmm. So I was a little worried, but Iron Man ended up being being a good one. Three. Um, This one, I, I... couldn't decide between the two okay. um, for a long time, but I finally settled on Captain America Winter Soldier. Um, it was between the two Captain Americas, which, there's, which there are three of them. Well, the first, well, not the not the Avengers one, but I'm talking the original first okay. Avenger and right. then Winter Soldier. But uh, Winter Soldier number three. I have Captain America Civil War. Okay, because what I like about these movies, the Avengers movies, and that one in particular, is that you get a lot of the different characters bleeding over into plot lines mm-hmm. and crossing paths. And like that scene at the airport when everybody's fighting, I thought that, to me, that was one of the coolest scenes that I have seen in an Avengers movie. I didn't like Age of Ultron that much, but the fact that there's a lot of characters and a lot of different things happening, that keeps my attention. Like a lot of people go to just watch and not think and not have to worry about that. I'm a different kind of dude when that kind of stuff happens. I like to be able to pay attention figure things out, connect this to that, you know, that kind of thing. So that Captain America Civil War to me was the first one where there was a huge conglomeration of a lot of different characters. Yeah. I, but but I, I've heard people one, the, not like the it. The one thing I didn't like about it was I didn't like that the guy that was like the bad guy was just some random dude with like a rubber mask that right. wasn't not, even like not a super villain or anything. Proper villain. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't right. care for that part. But two. Number two, I got the first Guardians. Okay. I, I just love that. I thought it was I thought it was funny and um not not like uh, the Last Jedi funny where they try to jam oh, stupid corny jokes in, yep. but naturally funny. Uh, big fan of Chris Pratt from Parks and Rec. Love mm-hmm. that show. Um, and uh, I thought the soundtrack was was fabulous. Yes, on, it on is. That movie that kind of that kind of yes, made it, it made the whole thing for me. Um, to me, it's uh, my my number two is Deadpool. Okay, because I like the I mean the <laughs> just the blood that cuts the gore is is comical. I mean, they don't make it in a really gross horror movie type of way. But he, Ryan Reynolds, the dialogue that they had written for him and the way he delivered it was unbelievable. But to me, the movie, it was just Van Wilder in a suit. 
I thought it in was a red suit, just killing people. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was. I thought, and they've played it. Write that down. The last right. You're going to want to look away for this. And and the fact that and I learned about what that's called in film class when the the hero when one of the stars recognizes like when they turn and look at the camera and they give you a, the Jim from the office look right yeah. of like I know I'm in a TV show right or I know this is a movie because I'm staring at the camera right now and the fact that he has that relationship with the audience that way to me it's just the the whole lot of it is just is just funny. So that's I got that as number two. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I I kind of left out the the um, X Men yep. universe when I when I did this because X two was was my favorite okay. X Men movie. I liked that one, and, and Deadpool was very good. Um, number one, I went with the first Avengers movie. That's where I'm at, I thought I think that's the best one. Yep. It, it didn't have so many characters that were kind of on the fringe, like Vision and Scarlet Witch. Right. Um, it was the core had, people. Had your core group. You had the yep. core group. You had the kind of the because the, the everybody good. had a movie by yes. that time, and, and so you had the great bad guy in Loki. Yes, um, I I just thought that was uh, that was the best one. Top five Marvel movies. I had a hard time leaving the first yeah, Thor tell, off. Tell me who you went. Who who who? Well, what, what did you axe out from your I, Captain America? First Avenger. I had six. I had the first Thor at seven, and. Uh, I really, really enjoyed the first Ant Man. I don't think it's like the best movie, but I just I got a kick out of it. Paul Rudd just kind of cracks me up, so I like that one too. I like Doctor Strange. Not bad. I mean, I mean, I like Benedict Cumberbatch, but that was a little bit of a weird movie to me. But it's a Black Panther. I mean, not bad. Not not bad. Not bad. Um, the Spider Man Homecoming I thought was so so. Yeah, but I mean, all I'm one of these guys where you put out a Marvel movie. Take my money. The only ones I really didn't like, I didn't like Thor Dark World. Oh, I hated I, I that. I didn't like the second Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I didn't like that as much. But, you know, pretty much everything else has been has been good. You got my attention. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if it's Marvel and it's a character, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much there. Nerd alert! Yes. Sorry if we nerded you out with our top five Marvel movies. That's Intentional Foul for this week. Hopefully back next week, talking more Packers and Bears and Brewers, and we're going to have a really good idea of where Milwaukee stands this time next week. Yes. As far as the postseason's concerned. and going to be down to the nitty-gritty. Yep, Badgers are going to be on the bye week. Coming in, I think, so. We'll see if Rodgers' leg falls off and if Trubisky can complete a pass downfield farther than nine yards. My name is Josh. I'm Dan. Intentional foul for this week. Appreciate you listening. And uh, subscribe if you feel the need. We appreciate it. Later.